Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Fire Team Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joining me today, I've got Paul Tassie. Paul, how you doing, buddy? McClucky. I'm good. And I've got a guest here filling in for Brian, our good friend of the show, Ebontis. Ebontis, how are you doing, friend? Uh, doing excellent. Thank you guys for having me. And C Team. C Team. Yeah, you got to fill in for him. This is great. We've got so many roles being played. We got Paul Tassi saying McClunky, Ibanta saying C Team. What year is it? Um, yeah, so here we are, guys, uh, talking about Destiny uh, on Fireteam Chat. Actually, so for those of, uh, let's do a quick intro for Ibantis. He's a, uh, this is a first time on Fireteam Chat. Uh, although Paul and I have both been on his show, uh, The Last Word, and, and know him from the Destiny community. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, where people can find you if they've never heard of you, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, for me, yeah, I do a fair amount for Destiny. Obviously, we've been playing a fair amount of Outriders recently. But um, YouTube guides, you know, tips, strategies, things like that on YouTube. And then also on Twitch, I stream on there as well. Twitch is a bit more variety depending on what I'm playing. And then also on Twitter, it's Ebontis. Easiest thing is Ebontis, E-B-O-N-T-I-S, pretty much everywhere. Um, I've been watching Fire Team chat probably since episode one, so I've seen the slew of all the people who've been running it and been lucky enough to have a couple of the people on um, our show, which is The Last Word, which is a Destiny podcast I host with a previous guest on here, Lord Cognito. So we we talk about Destiny, go deep diving, and uh, usually get to know our guests pretty well, and we've been lucky enough to have both of these two gentlemen on our show. So come check us out, The Last Word podcast. That's it, yeah. And uh, actually... It is a great show, yeah, and it's very much deeper dive. Whereas Fireteam Chat's like a quick hit new show, you know, uh, every other week. Uh, theirs is like, a, you know, I was on their show last week and it was like two and a half hours, so it's a good time. <laughs> um, and Ebontis, you actually are in a long line of people who listen to the show and are now on it, myself included. So that's a path that's to success. <laughs> yeah, seems like yeah, well. you got to listen yeah. and then you get to yeah. then you get to join. And there's Just put multiple two hundred episodes in, and you'll get there. Yeah, there's multiple ways to do it. Paul and and Ebontis, they could work hard or me just complete dumb luck, you know, so it's uh, (laughs) lots of paths of success. You too, listener, you may also end up on Fireteam Chat. Who knows? (laughs) I'm Um, just saying I blame the tie for you. It's got to be working. That's it. Yeah, people just they they assume that I'm in charge. Okay, cool. (laughs) So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I know you guys have been playing a ton of Destiny lately. Also a lot of Outriders. Maybe we should start talking about that because I think there's probably a little bit of overlap with our audience. Have you guys, are you guys still in the Outriders demo before we jump into uh, Destiny news this week? Yeah, uh, I've been playing, I mean, I, I've maxed the demo as much as I can. I'm on five full playthroughs, like one on PC, four on console. Like I did at least two dozen hours of legendary farming and got two. <laughs> so I, I don't really know what else there is to do. I, I checked out the patch today where they kind of adjusted some legendary 
drop rates and stuff, but um, I'm, I'm maxed on it. And I, I, I think it's going to be competition for Destiny in the sense that it, they share a genre, but in terms of like Destiny is this long-term overarching thing, whereas Outriders just wants to be like enough of a hit to maybe make like a DLC. <laughs> so like, I don't, it's not like a Destiny killer. It's not trying to be a Destiny killer. And yet there are probably a lot of things that both games are going to be able to learn from each other. And I think that's good for the genre in general, because Lord knows most of Destiny's competition is dead or dying. So some some sort of competition injecting some fresh ideas and concept is not a bad thing. Cool. How about you, Ivantis? You've been playing it at all? Uh, probably more than I should have. Um, I was lucky enough to be an Outriders ambassador, so I got like a little bit of early access on that first opening day. But like Paul, I've been playing every probably every character almost multiple times. I think I just about crossed 50 hours, which is going to sound a little ridiculous, I'll be honest. Uh, but I've just been trying to go deep into each character to get a feel because I started with the Technomancer, which felt like a solo class, and then spent some time. And the more it feels like you dive into Outriders, the more I think it has potential to be a fun experience. As Paul said, it's not going to be a live service. It's not going to have a four-year, 20-year future or anything. But I think as you said, and what I hope it gets to do is if it's got enough success, we see something like a Diablo 2 Lords of Destruction where they add another class, add some more to it just to give it some extra legs if it is successful. But overall, it's been it's been fun. There's some quality of life little things that I think as we get it, we got a demo that's actually a pretty decent package that's pretty put together from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I've also played it. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, max level two characters. I didn't grind activities until I got a legendary because that seems insane to me. Uh, and then I thought to myself, no. wow, this is really missing something. Um, this is missing something. What is it missing? Oh, right. Comp. And then I logged onto Destiny and I played some Crucible. Uh, so let's <laughs> not have PvP. No PvP. But no PvP. Kind of works to its benefit for PvP exactly. stuff. But that's I mean, true. I, I don't think I'd want to play Outriders PvP. I just don't know. Oh, for sure. Well, but. Yeah, the cover system is really bad, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I hope that it pushes Destiny forward in certain uh, certain areas. I do think that maybe it's like a stealth comp competitor with Destiny because they keep saying it's not a live service game, but they did a patch on a demo really quickly, and they're they're having a very live servicey uh, like kind of methodology so i'm a little like mm. what is or isn't the live service game at this point is like really debated like borderlands 3 yeah. swears it's not a live service game but it has four dlcs and does events every other week like yeah it's, it's kind of a semantics thing now where like people don't want to be accused of being a live service game <laughs> because of all the big failures so yeah i, I do think they're 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 a little more grounded but yeah i, you, I think you're gonna see if, if it's a hit some expansion in the traditional live service sense yeah, I will say it's at least nice with the marketing. Their transparency has been, this is everything you're going to get when you buy it. We have no plans for anything else. Even, you know, a bunch of games have said, these are coming. These characters for this game may get released, or we've got this expansion. That's not planned. So you do get like at least a decent expectation up front. And again, if it's successful, I'd like to see more, but they do seem to have at least a good start. Right. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Outriders, uh, Destiny Family. If you uh, haven't played it yet, check it out while the demo is still free because it, it might be up your alley. But uh, that said, we've got a ton of Destiny news. Uh, the past two weeks have been crazy for Destiny. Uh, we didn't have a show last week, which seems to happen every single week. We don't have uh, a show uh, since we did the every two weeks thing. Uh, something crazy has happened on our off week. So uh, we'll get to that. But first, I want to talk about 
uh, what happened yesterday. Yesterday, they showed off some new sets of armor that are coming in Festival of the Lost, and it has sparked a massive online uh, debate of which of these armor sets uh, we will be wearing in the fall. So uh, basically, we're going to be voting on either a monster movie set of, uh, of armor or on uh, dinosaurs as an armor set, which look crazy like Power Ranger villains, um, which is hilarious. And uh, yeah, th this, is, this has been hilarious just to see the community so quickly take sides on this, myself included. I'm, I'm very strongly on one camp over another, uh, which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, Ibantos, let's start with you. Uh, what do you think of them letting us vote? Which side are you on? And, and yeah, just give me the lowdown on, on your take on the situation. Yeah, it was like when I was scrolling through the TWAB, just checking out what's coming, uh, they covered a couple topics, and then all of a sudden they're saying, you get to vote. And I'm like, vote? This is going to be strange. And it was also weird, I think, for them to be talking about Festival of Lost this early, as we're just barely into March and we're a good six-plus months away from it. So I guess that goes to show how long it takes to get some of the concept art working, because obviously this, does, this stuff does take a while. Uh, but yeah, you scroll down first and you're like, cool, you see the sets of armor, you see the, you know, creature from the Black Lagoon, you've got almost got Godzilla going on, and then you see dinosaurs, and something about that, like the five-year-old in me who always wanted to have like a Triceratops, or just the dinosaurs for some reason, for me personally, I am Team Dinosaur, so I'll say it now, um, <laughs> I'll get that out of the way, I like when Destiny doesn't take itself too seriously, so I like to see it bust out of the box of... This stuff could, for some reason, no, it's a giant tricep, like T-Rex head on the Titan. And I think I kind of got to have that one. So I definitely want to be a red Power Ranger in the future. That's that's where I'm at. Paul, how about you? Are you Team Dino or Team Monster? I, I'm Team Dino. I mean, come on. Like 95, <laughs> let's, let's not pretend like this is a fairly even competition here. Like I've seen some Team Monster people, but it is overwhelmingly... Team Dino, where Luke Smith is even tweeting about, guys, it has to be Team Dino. <laughs> so <laughs> this seems sort of predetermined. Um, I, I think the monster ones are cool, especially Hunter Godzilla. Uh, I do think the, the other two are a little more obscure. They're both from, it's not even Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like I, I thought it was too, but it's nope. it's from Jace, uh, it's from Cla the original Clash of the Titans, and it's the Kraken. Like that was their version of the Kraken because oh, these wow. are all giant monsters. And then what people thought was King Kong is actually the Cyclops from Jason and the Argonauts. People thought Another that was King Kong? So obviously Yeah, Cyclops. I didn't know what it was. It has fur, the... furry yeah. legs. I don't know. Um, so, like, those are, I think, a little more obscure as opposed to, like, oh, my God, dinosaurs. <laughs> like, yeah. Dinosaurs totally. are just instantly attractive. And, like, I think there's they could do a little more work on the armor itself with the helmets and the boots, especially the Velociraptor claw yes. boots. Uh, I, I really oh, enjoy it. So and um, I, I think it's it's predetermined what's going to happen here, but I understand why it's a little bit more of a debate and why people might like the monsters that are a, a bit more streamlined, but it's kind of no contest in the end, and I, I don't think we need to, to pretend otherwise. <laughs> nice. I'm with you guys. I'm on Team Dinos. As soon as I saw that on the TWAB, I was like, wow, that dinosaur is amazing. I, I, you, know, you guys know I'm a Titan main. Um, the Cyclops was just, to me, not that appealing. I think most of the people who are on Team Monsters just really want that Godzilla armor for the Hunter, which I totally get. Um, but the dinosaurs are fantastic. I will say one point of criticism. I really think that they, the warlock uh, should have been a, a pterodactyl instead of a triceratops. That way you could give them mm. like a, a wingsuit 
um, and you can kind of, you know, that whole floating effect, it would have been perfect, but, uh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Triceratops think, is a little more lame. I'll give you that. <laughs> Triceratops is a little lamer, but yeah, I think pterodactyl would have been perfect. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's amazing. They really do look cool. And I just want to, I want to wear that, uh, T-Rex armor and crucible, man. Just, just, uh, <laughs> just run, run. I can already the see the six stacks of T-Rex. Oh, like, oh for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> Jurassic parks. Like somebody makes like, um, a clan a Jurassic park video or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that'll be yeah that'll be movie of the week for sure for yeah. sure absolutely. can i say yeah. one thing though i feel sorry for the artists if it's like 90 10 as a let as it feels like out there to the artist who made the monster armor it looks really <laughs> cool you just like cool. you're in a losing battle i'm sorry yeah it's just I, I hope they didn't tell you one of you is going to do monsters one's going to do dinosaurs and this guy's over here like damn it, I, I bet they won't do this kind of voting thing too often so they don't like yeah. Have to publicly scrap uh, concepts, but <laughs> yeah. it's like obviously, you know, I would I would be fine with that arriving in the game sometime down the line for you know a future season. But if you're if you're telling us to pick one, it's it's clear which one's going to be picked. Yeah, I think this actually might be more common because in the past when they've unveiled like oh here's the armor set you'll earn, it's gotten you know a little bit of traction. But the fact that this has a voting element to it immediately blew it up online, and I think that is probably intentional. And I, they probably were like. Hey, you know, we, we like both of these ideas. We can do monsters next year if it doesn't make it this year. And let's just uh, hand it to the community and see what they, they do with it. So I uh, really love that. Anyway, I thought we'd start off with something fun because uh, this Dinos Monsters thing has been hilarious. But in more serious Destiny news, uh, last week we were treated to a uh, Destiny 2021 uh, update, which was huge. Uh, it was written by Joe Blackburn, who's been uh, in Destiny, I think, since like the first year. It was right after Vanilla uh, launched. He joined the team, um, and he sort of just painted the the way forward for what's going to go on with Destiny. Um, there's a ton to unpack here, so we're probably going to be spending most of the show talking about the stuff that came out of this. Uh, but right at the top of it. Uh, of this giant update was that the Witch Queen is being delayed until early 2022. It had previously been uh, stated that it was going to come out in the fall of this year. Uh, so now it's delayed by at least a couple months. Uh, and then also that they announced another year of Destiny after Lightfall, uh, which was not on their roadmap originally. So uh, pre some pretty big news. Uh, Paul, are you at all surprised that the Witch Queen was delayed? Uh, and you know, any other thoughts about that? Not really. I mean, it, it never really made sense for them to go back to the uh, September release date where, because th that would have been like nine months, I guess, between the last expansion and the new season. And they still said they wanted to do four seasons. So then if they're not doing that, that puts them back in November, which is a crazy busy month, obviously, for all the new releases and such. So you don't really want to be there either. <laughs> and then like early spring is, is when most games get delayed too out of the fall, but it's generally a much less crowded window. So between, I mean, we're going to see a lot of game delays this year, especially because people may have gotten stuff out during COVID, but now the ramped down production is coming into play for this year. And then now stuff is being delayed as a result of last year. And this is one of those things, but also I, I think they indicated that they kind of want to make uh, like the first quarter, the new time for destiny rather than the fall. That's supposed to be kind of a carryover from the Activision days, I, I've heard, um, whereas they really wanted like a holiday release, whereas Bungie cares less about that and more just about what's the best timing for their studio and the community. Um, I mean, it's it's not ideal, but it's it's hard to get mad about game delays in this day and age because we know what happens when games are not given enough time and they launch 
too soon. <laughs> Not looking at you, Cyberpunk, or anything, but <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty of examples. So I think it's if they say they need to do it, it's it's probably for the best. And so far, they've shown that they're kind of upgraded seasonal content uh, plan this time around is going well so far. So if they can keep delivering seasonal content, kind of what we're seeing with this season all throughout until Witch Queen, that will be a very good thing. And I think that will help tide people over. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. How about you, Ivantis? Are you um, upset or surprised at all that Witch Queen was delayed? I know we talked about it last week on your show, but uh, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was one, I will say the timing of this was epic. They're like, hey, here's this public demo for Outriders. Bungie's like, bink. Here's this giant article of what's coming for Destiny. So way to go, marketing department. You guys nailed it. Uh, but that being said, I was literally, because when there were issues for logging in for the Outriders demo, because when it launched, it went a little bonkers, this dropped. And I was like, perfect, I can read it. First thing I got to was that Witch Queen was going to be delayed. And I was like, not even surprised. It was something I basically expected. As you said, Paul, it's like you would shorten the time frame already. Witch Queen is something we've been looking forward to with Savathun basically being the next biggest thing that we've seen since Oryx. So when it comes around to just the scale of the enemy we're facing and the potential ramifications of what this is going to do, I was hoping they would delay it because I want them to take the time to get whatever they want to do right, and which we'll get to in a little little bit here later. It seems like what they're trying to do is even bigger than I would have probably guessed. So I'm not at all been out of shape that it's delayed because there's always there's plenty of enough games coming if you look at the slew of things coming towards uh this holiday then we've got a lot of big things to you know kind of bounce in between so i think it's going to be probably for the best actually yeah i'm with you guys uh, I, th I think this definitely is for the best uh and the the other thing that they they talked about was the fact that they're adding another year to this what we thought was a trilogy of, of uh, Destiny expansions. They said that now Witch Queen is sort of going to be the first chapter in that trilogy, which that doesn't surprise me at all. I think we actually talked about on the show how to me Beyond Light felt like it was like the uh, the the um, Iron uh, Lords year of Destiny One. Sorry, what was that year called? Rise uh, of Iron. Rise of Iron. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that that year, which sort of felt like a holdover until we were getting a proper Destiny Two, and there wasn't a lot of content that year. Uh, Beyond Light always felt like that to me. After I played it, I was like, "This is the beginning of their trilogy." It doesn't really feel like the first chapter of a kickoff. Um, it, it felt more like an extended uh, edition of. Um, the season of arrivals, right? It was like just more kind of like stuff being set up, um, and so I I love that they're that they're adding a third year and officially making the Witch Queen the first. And I wouldn't want them to at all rush that. Like honestly, do it next fall if you have to. Like twenty twenty two. Like take the extra time if you need. Uh, make it awesome and uh, give us that 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 amazing final trilogy to this darkness and and light subplot saga that you guys are calling it, uh, which is another thing to talk about. Uh, they, they said that uh, the year after Lightfall, whatever that year is called, is going to be the end of the light darkness saga is what they called it. Um, so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what that could mean for Destiny, uh, if you have any ideas of where, where it could go from there. Because I think it's, it's all but certain that there is going to be a Destiny after that. It's just going to look probably very different. Um, so Ibantis, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the first time they've given that much clarification as to what this franchise looks like. For for one, they're living up to the 10-year promise, so they're almost going to nail that one perfectly with three more years to come, eight, nine, and then the question mark of whatever they're going to call 10. And just the fact that 
they're saying this is the light and darkness saga before they go into, we already know that they've done the restructuring. They're going to have the destiny universe. Different people are in charge of the game itself. So then you have to wonder is, are they finally going to be able to get to a point where they can just call whatever comes after the, un, the 10th year, is it destiny? And they just have subtitles. Can they get rid of the two? Do they do a destiny three? I just think it's exciting to know the light and darkness saga that started with the stranger and then if you ever watch a four-hour Bife video, you know about all of the stuff that happened with the Hive Gods that come all of this together. Seems like one of the things especially that's intrigued me the most has been the story lately because they've got Keitel going on. We've got the Darkness, the Pyramid Ships. We've got Savathun being built with Zivu Arath. All of those things are happening. And to know that they have like this path in their head and the writers know where we're going over the next three and a half years is very exciting. Um and if they have a plan where that's going to finish, that's actually really, really cool to me. So um, it's exciting, one, to know that we are going to get to see this thing, I think, to the end. We know Bungie seems to be doing okay financially to get there. But also to know that whatever comes next could be that Destiny 3 that some of us, at least me, might be hoping for. Nice. Paul, how about you? Yeah, I mean, Bungie's recent expansion and this state of the game very much implies that they are banking heavily on Destiny 4 the foreseeable long-term future as their flagship IP. And this is a much different situation than we had with Microsoft and Halo because they left without taking Halo with them and to take Halo with them probably would have cost, you know, a zillion dollars they didn't have. So in this case, they have built Destiny and this community from the ground up from essentially nothing. So that is something they are never going to want to let go of. Like it is it is their mass effect. <laughs> and you know or their their warcraft or what, whatever analogy you want to make and that's something that they're going to continually invest in and they i mean they may have learned from uh bioware like don't set like don't screw up your main franchise don't like put it on ice or else you know bad things happen so even if we see new ips and, and stuff develop from them which we are going to it's pretty clear now from this that they are going to keep investing in destiny for the long term i think if they get to this uh you know this new mystery expansion that just about fulfills like the original 10 year plan of destiny back in the Activision days. And then everyone assumed that like, maybe, okay, then, then they move on to their next game and destiny's done, but destiny's grown too much. It has too much of an engaged community to let that go. And I, I believe kind of like a, what Abantus was saying that this will be a, a breaking point for uh, a new game of some sort, whether that's the grand unification of like the destiny universe, or if it, they literally call it Destiny 3, like I think that will be a point where it's like, okay, we can't just keep adding stuff to Destiny 2 <laughs> indefinitely and taking other stuff away to make sure there's room. Like I, I think at some point you have to hit another reset because we're talking about like 2025 here at this point. So, at, you know, at the earliest for whatever this new thing would be, which is, all, you know, we're getting toward the tail end of the console generation at that point, or at least the, la the last half of it. So... At a certain point, like they're going to stop adding stuff to, to uh, Destiny 2, and I would assume it'll be another kind of hard reset like we saw between D1 and D2, which I would be fine with. Because, I mean, how many years can you, you know, really extract out of uh, a single game? So if they wanted to move on there, that's fine with me. Uh, we'll see what form it takes and what lessons they may have learned between sequels last time. But I absolutely think that they are committed to Destiny for pretty much, I, I don't know if they even have an end plan for Destiny if we're just just now going to be starting a second saga. Agreed. Yeah. It, and it's so exciting as a destiny fan, uh, you know, somebody who was used to everybody saying like, are people still actually playing that game? Uh, you know, all, 
Yeah, dead oh, game man. all those years ago. It's like, hey, not only is all it those years ago, it's like last week. True. <laughs> people keep True. saying it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think now it's like it's people shouting in the wind. Like it used to be a, a yeah. real sentiment where people thought Destiny was gonna be like, you know, the Division One or lots of other games that sort of just fell off the map after a while. Um, and it's so clear that that's just not not the case. And it, it's great. Uh, doubling in size, it's it's just very exciting time to be a Destiny player. Um, the next thing uh, that was huge uh, on this massive uh, Destiny update uh, was that they announced that sunsetting is going to be sunset itself, uh, which is pr- pretty interesting. So uh, we've all had different opinions on this. I know Paul and I were more optimistic when uh, this was announced uh, that, that they were going to sunset uh, weapons. We were like, yeah, I mean, they can try new stuff with their sandbox. And then none of that happened. And they just reissued a bunch of old weapons and people like Destin who are on the other side, uh, very against this, uh, got to feel like they were right, uh, which, which, you know, to their credit, they, they saw this coming. Um, so yeah. What do you guys think about this deci- decision to uh, re- go, go back on the decision they made what feels like only a short time ago, uh, Paul, any thoughts? I was surprised, honestly. I I thought there would be some sort of intermediate step where it's like, okay, we're making it a year and a half or like a year and two seasons uh, to to extend the lifespan so it won't feel as oppressive. Uh, I did not expect them to just come out and kill it. But I I think they kind of read the tea leaves and, and knew things were moving in that direction. So this was the right call. I'm just surprised that they made it this quickly. And it hasn't even, I mean, Sunset had just arrived in Beyond Light and Season of the Hunt. And we're like not even we're barely maybe halfway through this season not even and it's already being announced that it's killed so like i don't think i've ever seen anything backfire to that degree that quickly like even fixed roll weapons had what a, a year yep. <laughs> things yeah. like that like it's it, it's pretty big deal for them to reverse course like this but i i just think it wasn't playing out maybe even how they thought because i i don't know if they considered all the ramifications of how just it feels to have this weight of like this expires in nine to 12 months. And as soon as they removed that, you get the opposite feeling where they, they very much, you know, it's not an actual patch to the game. They didn't like change anything. And yet if you are now grinding for that bottom dollar, it doesn't feel like as big of a waste of time because you know, you can use that for they've said now at least the next several years. So it has fundamentally changed the way farming works in the game already, even though sunsetting is, you know, they haven't like necessarily done anything to the game. And that alone kind of shows you just how oppressive it felt. And I think they can still, you know, this was, this was always the problem is like, it was always kind of a half solution where the, the ultimate goal was like, okay, maybe they needed to sunset like certain pinnacles or like maybe war mine cells or something, but like, losing 20 to 25 weapons every season and then losing like 70 percent of all weapons when beyond light hit like that just felt bad and now with with sunset and gone like all these new things that pop up in the game combined with the lack of fomo because seasonal content doesn't just disappear anymore all of this feels like it has more of a sense of permanence and i think we've also realized that like game balance is never going to like this didn't really help game balance because as soon as they realized that like people were were sad about not enough weapons, they have to task people with making more weapons, which is a ton of work for them too. So I, I don't think this really accomplished what the goals were for anybody. Like the the sandbox didn't fundamentally, you know, heal itself because sunsetting existed. Uh, we we got some cool new perks and new weapons, and like I think people will still skew toward using 
uh, newer weapons. But and then if there's outliers like Fell Winters, like yeah, maybe they nerf Fell Winters. Like big deal. Like this is the way things kind of always worked. And I I feel like if they just jump on these things faster, like don't wait a year to nerf Revoker and Recluse if you have to or Mountaintop. Like if if those specific cases can just be handled a little more quickly and a little better. We don't have to lose like dozens of weapons and armor sets a season to, you know, f- for this kind of system. And so I, I think it's created a much more positive sense of permanent investment immediately. Like I, I, ma- I can't tell you how many pieces of armor I masterworked this week because it doesn't matter anymore. And like, I, you know, I, I feel good about doing it now. Whereas before I was like, okay, well, I got like three months with this set and six months with this set. And like, it, it was a nightmare. So I, I think this was a great decision and I'm happy they made it so quickly. Yeah, I'm a little surprised to be honest cuz for me you don't you don't sunset your entire uh, history of weapons without having like some sort of big plan or vision for how things are going to go and it's very surprising to me that they gave up on it so quickly. Like for me it's like they must have thought about this and you know tormented themselves over like should we actually do this and that sort of thing and it was like a big decision and then just like that you know like they just changed their mind and so hats off to them for you know being willing to do that like community feedback is huge in this game it's a live service game but also like kind of scares me a little like why like really that big of a decision you gave up on that quickly like you you could have proven that this was a system that could work i think if they had introduced a bunch of weapons and really let the sandbox be you know a little bit crazy and unstable but it was constantly shifting um but instead they're going the other way so i i think you're right i think uh this is a good decision ultimately for the community it makes you feel like your collections actually matter to you like your investment and your time actually matters to you which is a huge thing for me like i just wasn't master working or doing uh god roll hunts i mean i wasn't playing gambit for bottom dollar screw that like it's not going to be worth it for long enough right um now i might actually do it because my investment's going to be worth it so i do think that it it, it is a a good change um but yeah it's a very kind of uh jaw-dropping uh, backtrack. Like, it, it just really is perplexing to me. So, uh, Ibantis, you have any thoughts on this? I mean, you guys nailed just about most of it. And it's <laughs> it kind of wraps up to that the theory of sunsetting to keep the game feeling fresh is not a bad idea, in theory. But obviously, as you guys said, the execution was there. And that's why you have to ask how... You know Bungie's a studio that think things through. I mean, they have whiteboards that cover years of content. They go deep into these things, but then to see how fast it was switched off, the quick, you know, the quick way where the reactions were not good, and the fact that they turned it off so quickly goes to show planning had to have been done, but some way, somewhere, something, some ball was dropped, and the ability to, as you said, you took 70% of the weapons out of the game, you put 50% of the content in the Destiny content vault. We lost so much, and then on top of the fact you gave the weapons a time limit, it was just like three strikes and one of them was too many. So this is a good thing to see them give, as you said, longer life to these weapons. And I think the timing's interesting too, because I think people were really enjoying the current season right now. We've got a bunch of new weapons, uh, the code Duello, like you've got multiple rocket launchers that you actually want right now. And it is nice to see, hey, there's a bunch of perks out there. And it seems to come at the right time to say, hey, all these new perks that you like, yeah, you get to keep them. And they also don't have to figure out what's going to happen with the Warmind Cell weapons because those were literally next up on the chopping block. And you've got Charged with Light. So they had a lot of things that were getting ready to expire if they hadn't already. And while they could have probably sunset Mountaintop and Recluse and probably solved almost the entire same problem, 
they are hopefully at a point now to where as they add things into the game, they'll be filling out the places that were missed. So overall, the theory was good. Execution may not have been there. They couldn't have backpedaled it completely, though. I will say this was the proper way to handle it from what currently is not Sunset remains that way. But if they said, hey, your year or your season six weapon can now come back like your, what is the hand cannon I'm thinking of from Gambit? Um, Spare rations. Yeah, if spare rations could have come back, then people would have been mad because at some point I went through my vault and I was like, it's not coming back. I'm going to officially delete these because they're no longer valid. They're grayed out. If they would have gone that far back, I think that would have been worse. So I think the way they handled it is the best they could, is my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they're they're making the best of a bad situation. And I think, uh, you know, this this doesn't mean things aren't going to be sunset. They're, they called out fell winters and war mine cells as specific things that they're going to be addressing. So uh, there's still going to be nerfs and I'm sure they're going to have to effectively sunset some weapons. Um, you know, there's and there's also other solutions to this. I mean, they can still put pinnacle weapons in the game and make pinnacle weapons, you know, the only weapons that do sunset just so that they can make them overpowered. Like there's other solutions to just like knowingly kind of give the community weapons that are a little broken and just give them a really short time frame. I think what people are mad about is like mediocre weapons that you have to grind for for 20 hours that then get sunset anyway. Like that's really like a, a kick in the pants. So uh, I, I think uh, this is a good middle ground. Um, all right, moving right along. We've got so much to cover in this update. Uh, yeah. We have um, another big thing is that they're, they, they announced that they're not going to be increasing our power by 50 each season anymore and will instead be increasing it by 10. And it'll just be the 10 pinnacle power that you work on at the end of every season now. So the, to me, this is a very weird decision. Uh, they've already tried it, actually. They originally had this, uh, your power can only go up by 10 thing, and uh, it didn't work because people were, frustrated with like how slowly you're leveling up and kind of the already weird situation with um the the artifact giving you power level and so those 10 levels really not meaning anything most of the time um and uh now they're going back to that so i i'm very confused by this i don't know that i if you know if, if increasing your power by 50 each season is bad why is increasing it by 10 good like i i just don't really understand the the play here or why this power grind is fun or useful um so maybe you guys can give me some insight into this or at least your opinions on like why this is in the game uh Ibantis, we'll start with you uh i mean there's a lot of people in the destiny twitter community that have an issue with the power grind and between the artifact reset the fact that you're now going up 10 instead of 50 you can take if you're at the powerful cap now you're only going to be seeing the pinnacle cap just as like your future for the next seasons. Now that honestly doesn't feel great because, well, do do I grind doing pinnacles and do I want to raid multiple times a week just to try and get power levels in however long a season lasts, which could be three, four months, however long these next seasons go due to the delay. Or do I wait till that next season because 10 power level doesn't seem that much. And maybe the bounties are there for experience. It's as you said, it's something they already tried people didn't like how the 10 felt why then 50 didn't work why come back down in my i don't know the perfect answer because it is intrinsic to what destiny is is making the power level number go up whatever number it's part of that seasonal grind and it's what keeps the player base active it's part of that cycle but it does after seven years the treadmill feel of it doesn't feel great after a while especially if you've been playing this game a lot so part of me says I would like to see the expansions see that 200 or 300 power level grind because that's when big things come into the game. And you're going to be playing a lot. And there's a good feel of going through all of those pieces. 
But then on the other side, to see that seasons, if one, like the day before the season, I could play the Grandmaster Nightfall, and then the next day, a normal Nightfall kicks my butt for no reason other than it's a new season. If the same activity changes just because we got to a new season and it's only the number goes up, that doesn't feel great. But again, I don't have the answer. If you strip away the power grind and people don't get that number to go up, Destiny is also going to feel weird. So yeah. for me, it's it's a weird balance, and I don't know where it is, but the 10, as you said, seems like a weird decision as well. Yeah, it really does. And I... I, I... I, I think you're right. Like if you if you work your way up during one of the main releases to max power, maybe that should matter for longer than like a few weeks. And then okay, now it doesn't matter. Now you got to grind your way up to ten more. I don't really know, Paul. Any any thoughts here? I don't. I don't like this. <laughs> the, more, the more I've thought about this, <laughs> the more I don't really love it. And there's a few reasons. Because first of all, I think the pinnacle grind now sucks, and it's not very fun because it limits you to so few activities and if people were complaining about like it's hard to get power before guess what it's hard to get power now because you only have a couple activities to do like the real pinnacle drops are in the hardest things like raids and dungeons and then you can get bad quasi pinnacle drops for uh you know three strikes and whatever but that it doesn't feel good now so if that's the only power grind for gear every season that's not going to feel great i don't think and it, it didn't back when they introduced this the last time i have never liked artifact power and that now seems like it's going to be the most important thing. Cause if you can get yourself yeah. up to like plus 20 artifact power, that's double the pinnacle bonus by itself. And that's just a whole lot of bounty grinding for the most part. Like that still is the number one thing that contributes like seasonal challenges a little bit now. Um, but that's the thing that contributes to the artifact power the most. And I don't think it's felt good to have that reset every season yet. That is still a thing that's going to happen. Um, and like, is, I think that the 50 power grind is is kind of more of a perception issue than it is a real issue because I remember back in the day, back when it was like Black Armory days, it was a lot harder and took a lot longer to grind 50 power. Whereas now, all the systems they've introduced between like way more pinnacles, uh, you know, primes doing better, gap filling with like random legendary drops and even blues sometimes, so like your one slot's not lagging behind. It just doesn't take that long, I don't think, to get to 50 playing literally anything because you can get these drops from essentially anywhere and it's not even like you have to grind uh, powerfuls necessarily to get that high. Like, it'll speed it along, but grinding to 50 now is half the time, if that, of, of what it used to be like a couple of years ago. And I just, I don't think it's the same level of problem. I get the perception that you always feel behind, like you start a season and you're 50 or 100 behind your friends, and it just feels exhausting, and yet the catch-up factor is, like, pretty fast. So I, I don't think that's necessarily, like, what, what's wrong with it. What bothers me the most about the current power system is not necessarily the power levels themselves, but, like, I what I hate is the gear system and infusion. That's what bothers me the most, because it, like, I don't care about, like, I can get my, my overall power up higher, but to have my diverse loadout as I'm going and like debating whether to infuse thing because it's, oh, it's a plus three upgrade. Should I wait to plus five? Like, and doing this with every slot on every character is really exhausting and really expensive. It's like the worst currency sink in the game with, with constantly buying upgrade modules. And like, I'm still doing that now, even in the pinnacle grind, where it's like, okay, well, it's a plus one in the slot and it's pinnacle, so I should probably infuse this. But like, that has never felt good. And I think if they're looking for a solution, it should be in that realm not necessarily like overall power grind and, and 
things like that when they're still they're still using the worst aspects of the power grind which are the artifact and the, the pinnacle grind those are the two worst things and now that's the whole thing so i i I understand that the power grind feels like a problem and I think there are real problems with it. I just, I'm very skeptical of the solution because we already tried it and I didn't really like when they did it the first time and I don't think it's going to go much differently this time. Yeah. I'm with you guys there. Uh, The other thing that's weird to me is that if they want you to have to grind power every season, they already have a mechanic to do that. It's called the artifact and you have to regrind it every season. So if they want it to be, if they want activities to be 10 power higher than the max so that you have to play before you get into it, they could just do that through the artifact. That way people don't have to infuse and grind new loot and then, you know, infuse everything. So it seems like really they've got a few different ways that they're powering people up and they're not really sure which one to pick. I also don't even like the artifact because it seems silly to have to like regrind everything every season. But like if they want that mechanic, they already have a way to do it in the game without making you have to infuse things. I really think it's just they want you to spend your infusion materials and they want to give you more more reasons to log on and, and grind and grind and grind, which... Uh, has been their strategy for a long time. So uh, let's move on. Um, another thing that they uh, mentioned in the update, a, a pretty meaty uh, piece of it was they're going to, uh, they, they basically pledged to continue to support uh, PVP as a core pillar of destiny, which as a crucible main, uh, I really appreciate. Um, they went over a few things here. Uh, they talked about how they're going to be addressing three peaking in season 15. Uh, they talked about how stasis will be getting some major adjustments to bring it in line with uh, the light subclasses in the game, uh, which we can dive into. Uh, and they also said that uh, some of the unused uh, light classes, like uh, the the burning mall uh, for for the the titan, uh, the the fire solar subclass that never gets used, uh, is going to be getting a buff. Some of those, so that maybe they'll be used more. Um, and then some other stuff, like the fact that they are doubling their security team uh the size of their security team to address cheating on pc uh which is huge um so that's a lot to cover but basically the headline is that they are still committed to pvp uh and and uh, plan on making some big changes there which uh is is pretty comforting i would have liked it if they mentioned new maps and stuff but you know uh i'll take what i can get uh paul any any thoughts here on on the the future of the pvp meta yeah, that was my first thought too, is why, you know, one of the core things was like, okay, if you're doing all this with PvP, like, why aren't you, like, are you ever going to make new PvP maps again? Like, we've gotten, like, I think four new strikes before we're going to get yep. one new PvP map, which seems very strange. Uh, and then, I mean, we still just have, you know, there's so many ongoing, I guess they, they talk about trials a little bit later in the in the thing, but yeah. there's so many issues with that. Like, now it's disabled because of wind trading, and, like, that's a whole other thing, but... I think they said what what people wanted to hear in in certain regards. I think three peaking is kind of an upper echelon PvP player of Destiny problem where that doesn't really affect most people. Definitely uh, not. But it's you know, and, and that as I expected has a harder technical solution than it sounds, and like getting people to not be able to emote or use uh, swords or whatever is is probably harder than it sounds, uh, just in terms of disabling that given the functionality. Uh, the cheating like the security team i mean that's just something they need at baseline and especially if they're going to start doing crossplay, because i don't want you know to have console starting to be ruined by cheaters either um i don't think it was like anything revolutionary in this section in terms of like we're gonna do a pvp season or, or something like really big to kind of be this huge overture to the pvp community and yet i mean and then the stasis stuff i mean stasis fundamentally still just seems borderline impossible to balance for pvp 
Um, I'm hoping that the changes they make are just for PvP because I do not want it to be sacrificed uh, at that altar and then just be terrible in PvE. Like we've already kind of seen with the Warlock in some ways. So hopefully that is that is something that is going to be walled off and just be specific to PvP. Uh, we'll see when that's implemented. But I, I I would like to have more concrete examples of like more modes are coming back, like uh, more more maps are coming, and then they didn't mention Gambit at all in the entire state of the game. <laughs> so, at least you're not Gambit, Crucible. So. Oh, yeah, uh, at least Gambit doesn't get canceled every uh, week. That, that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, it's it's the backup trials. Is yeah, one Gambit. advantage. Yeah. Go one get advantage your bottom dollar so you can use it in the unknown future of trials. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, E? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the the future PvP changes? Yeah, I mean, that was one of those things when I read through it with just my stream before. It was like, eh, there are no maps. Okay, that was one of those things. Because that's what a lot of people have said, you know, the maps aren't there. And if they could have just been like, and we're developing, just one sentence to say, and we are developing PvP maps. Like, that's just one of those things people would like to know about. Or how um, about a mode, you know? Like, that, whatever happened me, to where's Rift, the capture the, the Rift, man. Capture the flag oh. mode. <laughs> give, me, give me back my, uh, what was the... Um, the thing that let the the titan dodge in the air. Why am I forgetting the name of the exotic? Oh, um, you guys I all know what I'm talking about. It had like the Majora's Mask. No, I, know, I know, I know. No, I know. Yeah, everyone always wants. You're killing us both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, now we're all gonna all get the YouTube uh, comments. Oh, so many comments. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, but that that piece of armor. You know, I used to I used to jump in the air and dash around and get my rift scores. I love that game mode. Give us a new game mode. Something. Anyway, uh, sorry, interrupting you. I like Garrison. There it is. I like Garrison. Somebody's going to look it up. He just beat me to it. That's great. No, it is nice to see that they're going to be putting a little more towards the light subclasses. And that balance is hard. Now, some people are like, you're at a stasis. Unfortunately, that came with Beyond Light. It's not going to be just like taken out of the game. So that is one of those things they do need to balance. A lot of people said the slowing system from... The poison grenades or the smoke grenades has already been there. So more of a slowing effect in PvP is what a lot of people would like to see as opposed to... I mean, if I'm I'm running around in my Titan throwing hammers and all of a sudden I'm stuck in place, that feels awful. I'm like, I'm literally on fire and I'm frozen. This seems so counterintuitive. <laughs> um, just even in that subclass alone. But yeah, just balancing, it's got to happen. But it's not easy because you have a subclass that is based so much around crowd control. That's what it does. And it feels good in PvE, but then you take it into PvP and it feels the exact opposite. So, as Paul said, hopefully all these changes that they do, we don't need to work, nerf the Warlock melee so far that you don't get to have fun with it in PvE. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get that goblin. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> you don't want to have that experience. So, I think the big thing from which you guys both said is the idea of I'd like to see them dive harder into splitting these sandboxes. I know they want them to feel the same in places, but... That can't continue to be a thing, I feel. I think at some point they do need to start separating the effects of some of these things to make sandbox and PvP feel good, but make sure the PvE people feel powerful. And after playing Outriders, which we can touch on here and there, but it's like feeling over the top in a very PvE-focused game feels good because when things are broken and you're blowing up a bunch of enemies and it all feels good, it's nice to know it's not being held back by PvP and there's things that you can only do in those instances. Splitting them, I think, would help. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing they talked about in this PvP-focused block of, of text in the update uh, was changes coming to trials. Uh, they A few things they mentioned were they want to make the trials matchmaking pool larger, so get more people in there, whether that's by rewards or by opening up uh, the requirements a bit. Uh, they want to be, rebuild the trials reward structure again. 
uh, so that it doesn't reward people for doing, you know, the first three matches and all that stuff. Uh, and they also want to add the ability for people to enter trials solo, which for me is a little odd. Um, so yeah, they, they did all that. Obviously this is going to sort of segue into a larger trials discussion about the craziness that went on with trials this weekend. Um, but let's focus on the, the sort of changes they proposed to trials first. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you think it's good for trials, bad for trials? Ivantis will stop or start with you. Uh, I mean, growing the population is always what that playlist needs big time. Now, uh, we talked last week for extended period of time with regards to the essence of what trials is. You've got a three-person team. Communication is key. High-level skill being an important piece in there. And that I totally support. But it's also the idea of a solo playlist being somehow for a way for people to try it, to know they're not going to go against these stacks of top tier 0.01% players just to try and experiment with the playlist and see how it feels. And we were talking last week and somebody had mentioned, you know, right now, a lot of the matchmaking is based on the card. How many wins you have? Well, if I start my card and somebody else starts their card, but that person's, you know, uh, Cami Cakes or one of those people who just make me look like a schmuck, it doesn't feel good even at game one. So we had kind of talked about this weird hybrid of games one to three somehow having this like, skill-based matchmaking heavier there when you start to kind of get a feel somewhat and then the farther you get in the card to have more of the wins being a thing because the seven to seven match should be a thing like that still needs to be there but also as you said you want the early player base not to get stomped on just because they felt like entering the playlist so even if they come in there with a group of three or a solo which is its discussion in itself it is nice to know that somebody at that lower card, like one point first match is going to be facing somebody somewhere around their skill level. And I know, I think Travis, you and I have had the debate of like skill-based matchmaking. Some people hate it. Some people don't. And I know that's like everywhere in the world of gaming right now, but it is one of those things. If you want to grow the player base, you've got to find a way to get people into there where they feel like they've got a shot at at least a couple of wins because the rewards is the other piece of it. Right now, if you go in there as that more casual player and want to try this list, you could literally play for hours, lose always, and get absolutely zero, and that just feels awful and you'll never come back. So yeah, these are good things, but again, as you said, the essence of trials, I'll let you kind of touch on that part. Yeah, yeah. So th that that is sort of my argument for this, right? It's not that like I'm like a gator and I think that people who like, you know, aren't good enough shouldn't be able to play trials and all that. For me, it's more you know, raids don't have matchmaking for a reason. And the reason is that like you build bonds with that team of six people and you guys communicate and you figure out how to be successful together. And trials has always been the competitive answer to that. And it's a mode that forces you to bring your own team. It forces you to communicate and sort of grow bonds and get better with that team. And I think that that's a valuable experience. If you introduce matchmaking completely, then people don't really have to get up to that next tier. They can just do well in the tier they're already in. And that's sort of a problem in terms of, you know, the spirit of the mode. But in terms of like increasing the pool, absolutely. In, in terms of making it a more rewarding experience, even if you don't go flawless, absolutely. And I think that there's a way to do that for sure. And I, I think the solution you mentioned, which we sort of like came up with when we were talking last week is yeah. like, you can do a little bit of both, right? You can have matchmaking early on that's based on skill and then you can make it a hard card match later on and that also solves the current problem with trials which is that people are only doing the first few matches and they're resetting their card and it, it's just getting really sweaty a lot earlier than it needs to be um paul do you have any any uh, thoughts on this 
Yeah, I don't care. Give me matchmaking. <laughs> I don't yeah, care about the essence of trials. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> the, okay, so the reason I'm saying that is because I firmly believe that even if you have some sort of solo queue or whatever it's called for Iron Banner um, for trials, that you're, you're still going to have the same, essentially the same experience for if you're a higher level team, if you're bonded with your three buddies, and if you're communicating, like you are going to do better and you are going to have a much, much better chance of going flawless or just doing well, period, than you would if it was, uh, you know, just randomly finding people on the app or randomly matchmaking with people uh, within the new solo queue. But when you open up that pool, you're going to have a much, much wider. Like, I cannot tell you, I, I would imagine you would see like a three time or threefold increase in, in the pool by itself just if you introduce matchmaking based on how little people want to go. Like it's one thing for a raid where it's like, you know, you kind of have to matchmake for that. And there's so many mechanics, but fundamentally trials is at its core PVP. And yes, there are advanced tactics and like, and ways to coordinate with your team, but people like understand PVP and there are plenty of other PVP modes that are all match made. And all it's doing is reducing the player pool to be like the top really 20% of all PVP players to begin with. And if you open that up, you will have a lot more people being able to get to at least three wins, five wins, things like that, just based on, uh, you know, randomly found teams if they don't want to grab, you know, people from the app or whatever. And I just, I don't think it takes anything away. And I, I think every so often it would be a good experience to find a group of randoms and get, like, get lucky and have the perfect run and go flawless, which is not a thing you can do outside of, you know, app finding right now. And the benefits to the mode of the bigger player pool, Evie, stop liking, I see you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I don't think it outweighs the cost of losing how many people are in the in the place right now. And fundamentally, besides the matchmaking thing, I totally agree with all the other things about how it, trials can be the least rewarding activity in the game right now. Like if, if you're losing, yeah. you get literally nothing. You don't get end of match crucible drops. You don't get tokens. Like they, they got to rethink the whole kind of token bounty system they have now like i don't know why it's months and months into this and tokens are still disappearing every week like i i <laughs> what i i that was like from token people were token grinding like the first three weeks trials existed and that is still carried over where, where tokens disappear now and if people want to lose 20 games to get one drop like let them just let them do yeah. it <laughs> so i i fundamentally believe that they have to open it way, way up. True Vanguard, I, I had a good idea that I heard where he he had an idea for a mercy card that only triggers the mercy after you hit three wins. So you could lose sure. like 12 games, but it, until you get to like, it will keep tracking your wins until you get to three, you get the drop, you get that bounty. So that's at least two drops for the week if you tried really hard. <laughs> and I like, think that's a really good idea. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, like, I things will like challenge that, you, I think though. are things they could introduce that would be kind yeah. of a middle ground, but. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I'm 100% for the, most of those things, but I will challenge you a little bit on matchmaking, not taking anything away. For one, there are logistical questions about how that would even work. How do you get a group of three on the same ticket for seven games, right? Are they match made and then they just stick together forever? Does it change every single match? You know, what if one player is on a team where he doesn't like his people and he leaves and now you have a two person card and it's sort of like if you're just matchmaking every match individually you don't get that sense of camaraderie that you usually get from trials going all the way to the lighthouse so it might it would be like 
if they added matchmaking for raids, but you match made after every encounter, you know, and you didn't actually do the full raid together. It's, it's not the full experience. So for me, I do have some concerns about how that would work logistically and isn't in the spirit of it. But I, I agree with your general premise, which is like the pool needs to be way bigger. Obviously, matchmaking would probably make it a lot bigger or, you know, just coming up with an exploit where you trade wins. Um, I'm sure that made the pool <laughs> a lot bigger. Um, and, you know, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think that there's uh, there's other ways to do it, like that mercy card idea, I think is a great idea. And I think it would probably increase the pool a lot. I think the biggest thing is really just making it more rewarding. People will go out of their way to put together an LFG. They do it for raids. If there's something big, maybe even an exotic that's locked behind the lighthouse. I'm sure that would be controversial, but you oh, know man. people would play. You that's know spicy. people, you know that, the, that people would play. I also had an idea for what if you get to the, the end of the trials lighthouse and instead of just getting a random pool with higher stats, it actually lets you make your own weapon and you get to choose the roles on it, right? You get to choose any gun that's in the current loot pool and then you get to choose which mods you want on it and you get a set number of points to allocate for the stats. You get to just design your own god role. If you got to do that once a week, people would be playing trials. That would be a prize that you that you would work for because the alternative is that you go into Gambit and you try to get your bottom dollar a million times and then maybe after eight hours you get one and it's not the right one that you get. That's a, that's a very uh, grindy and sort of unrewarding experience unless you get lucky. Whereas this way through trials, you could sort of like create your own uh, God roll weapon if you were willing to just like compete, right? So I, I honestly think the rewards is a way bigger issue than matchmaking. I think it's the main reason people don't play trials because people played trials in Destiny One Even because the adept weapons were essential. Like, with like adept Ignis hammers and stuff. Now I feel like the rewards for at least the higher end of trials are like pretty okay now. Like at least in terms of weapons. Like I know adept things aren't perfect, but like Ignis hammers, like the adept is pretty much an exotic. In terms of power level by itself these yeah. days or like it, it is Desperado good messenger, in, things like that yeah i guess my concern is that in d1 it was a game changer like you got an element on a weapon that shouldn't have an element and that sort of changed the whole way people played and people were willing to like grind it out for that granted trials back then had it was a totally different sandbox i think they did a lot better and, and there's things that they need to fix but i think that if you if you build it they will come like i i think that if you made it a really enticing uh, thing both to getting to the lighthouse, but also just playing match to match. Because if people yeah. don't think that they're going to get to trials, if they're not going to be able to get to the lighthouse, you should at least get them something, a reason to jump into that playlist. Um, so I, I agree with you on like what the problem is. It's just for me, I think there's a lot of a lot of issues with the method of getting there, just being like brute forcing it with matchmaking. But it seems like this is something Bungie is 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 trying to tackle. They said it straight up. We want to find a way for more people to be able to solo play in trial. So I have no idea what that looks like. Um, interested to see it, but I think we can all agree anything would be better than what they're doing right now, which is making it completely unrewarding to play trials. And with that, let's transition into <laughs> what happened this weekend. Uh, this weekend, uh, people discovered that over 50% of the people who went to the lighthouse on PC, did so with getting zero or one kills on their ticket. What ended up being uh, revealed was that in China, they the Chinese players of Destiny, they, they came up with this method of basically sim, using taking advantage of the rejoin uh, feature where you can leave a match and rejoin uh, to basically swap characters and trade wins in a casino-style 
I don't want to call it's, it's I don't want to call it a gate, but it's sort of like a trials gate, right? Where these people were basically not playing the game mode and using a, a very clever. I have to admit, I have so much respect for whoever came up with the system and how they were able to deploy it on such a large scale. But basically, the headline is that people were taking advantage of the rejoin feature uh, to go flawless without actually playing any crucible, any any trial. So, a uh, very interesting thing. Uh, I'm assuming this means rejoins are going to get taken out of trials. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, um, I, I I think that's kind of the interim step. And I think if it was that easy, that they may have already done that. Uh, what? So like, I understand, I guess, why they disabled it for this week. I'm worried about this becoming a longer term thing because, at least in this instance, like it wasn't something that was actively harming other players trying to play it legit, like. That's the difference between like, okay, there was mass rampant cheating, whereas this was like, okay, it's only really affecting this core group. I understand that it's devaluing trials rewards, and yet is it better to just shut the mode off indefinitely, you know, so people so people who earn them the wrong way don't get them and then nobody gets them. With with how rocky trials has been already, I just don't even know if that's the right move for the health of the game. Like, I'll give them this weekend. I get this was a pretty recent problem, but I just don't want to see trials disabled for like a month because of this. Um, yeah, we've we've had too many just massive trials shutdowns, and like it's one thing if people are glitching outside the map and it's ruined the entire thing because you can't play a real game, but that's not what this was. So, I, I it would suck to lose rejoin because that's a good feature at baseline and that helps people you know reconnect if you're legit DCs. But if that's the interim step, maybe they can figure out a real step later. But I I just don't want to see it. Because like I heard it was going to be like arms this week, and like I'm like okay, a three win, I can start working on my armor set finally. And right. oh, no, it's gone. Uh, so I, I just don't want to see it. Uh, it's it has so many issues already that this disabling it for a month or two or the rest of the season or something would be such a blow that I just I don't think it can almost I don't think it can handle at this point. Like there's too, been too yeah. many of these things, yeah. and if this I'm is something you. that is not active cheating, maybe have a little more leeway on it, I guess. Yeah, I'm with you on this. Like, th this was a crazy uh, thing to have happen, but I think their solution of just like shutting it down, like, trials should never just be shut down. Like, even if people are glitching outside the map, to be honest, I'm like a Halo player. So, like, I remember Halo 2 comp days where people were doing super jumps and all these cheats, and, and the, com the Bungie community at the time embraced it they were like okay that's the meta then like if you can come up with those glitches then it's fair game and we kind of played around it so i i say you know i'm, I'm like kind of a a uh a uh all the way all or nothing kind of guy on this one like just do trials and if it's a little broken then you can fix it but don't just take it out of the game because a lot of us really like that mode um i think you're right i think the interim fix is disable rejoins but i also think there's probably a way to keep rejoins and just make sure that they're not switching characters because that's the only way that this uh, exploit works is that they're switching to another character. So you can easily, I feel, create a rejoin system that won't let you rejoin with a different character. Um, that would also fix this. Easily, uh, quote unquote. Nothing yeah, is I mean, who knows how easily it is. Did you read the tech <laughs> talk this week? Yeah. Because yeah. some stuff that's is, right. there's that's some right. deep stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but but I, I I feel like that's something they could build for sure. And that would that would also solve it without getting rid of the the rejoin. I don't know how easily, but like it's a it I guess what I'm what I mean to say is it's an obvious solution, right? Just get rid yeah. of the ability to change characters. Um how about you, Ibantis? What do you think about this uh this trials uh gate? Uh 
Yeah, so I was talking to somebody I definitely know who's pretty heavy into trials and just kind of curious their thoughts. And shutting it off, it's weird to see. We know cheating happens a lot. We also know it's very difficult to fight because they're constantly adapting. Bungie's trying to fight them, and that's a thing. But cheaters are obviously some of the people who go to the lighthouse. Now, how often, what platform, that's a whole different thing because this was across all platforms, like very heavily across all platforms. But cheaters are still obviously devaluing the loot because they're making the PC games harder, especially in that nature. And yet trials played on there. But now when it was like this gentleman's agreement, it really wasn't anybody like losing anything. Now is when they shut it off. And it's just weird messaging to say, I know we're fighting cheating. It's a huge thing. We're doing our best, but this is still going to go. Here's these gentlemen's agreement that are happening. We can't do it there. And again, I'm not Bungie like trying to make that call. It's like, well, this is even easier for people versus this thing. I I don't know the right answer. I don't think they should have shut it off. As you guys have said, it's the mode needs to be there even, even if it's not in the best place, just because the people who do play through and have decent cards still need the option to try as opposed to just shutting it down completely. That just doesn't feel right. And again, when it turns off as it has before, the big question is when do we get it back? How long is the fix? How deep right. does this go? That's the question I think to ask. Yeah, so I, I don't have like the perfect answer, but it's one of those that's, it's weird to say cheating's still going to be there, but we're not going to do this. And again, how long is it going to be gone? So it's tough. That's exactly right. Yeah. Their, their priorities seem a little, a little strange. If like right, cheating is put, still happening all the time, put armor yeah. in the flawless chests until this is solved. So the only thing you can farm is armor <laughs> instead of, there, a you, go. there you go. Then no one will want it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the solution. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's probably other ones, but I, I'm with you. You like every time trials gets canceled, my first thought is, will it ever come back? Because there was that time where they sort of said, Hey, trials of the nine isn't going to happen for now. And then it didn't come back for like years. Like yeah. it was gone for so long. And they were like, oh yeah, we're really just working hard on it. And this is the trials we got from that. So cursed, man. Uh, cursed. It, is, it is a cursed mode. They just can't get it right. Um, all right. We still have a ton to, to talk about. We can talk about the trials. <laughs> not have that much like, time. <laughs> yeah. Literally, we don't have that much time left on the show. So here we go. Um, Vault of Glass is getting a world first contest uh, when it returns. They talked about the fact that there's going to be challenges that need to be completed. Um, I'm assuming that this will be like the weekly challenges that we we normally do every week, and it's kind of a rotating thing. We'll probably have to do them all during contest mode. Um, any thoughts on this, Paul? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I know I know there's some people that were upset that there's going to be a world's first at all because it puts people who didn't play D1 at a disadvantage. But I feel yeah. overall like it's better to have a fun raid race than not have one. And like, yeah, what? Like who, like who cares what's like the official official, like I think a hundred people in the world like actually really care hardcore <laughs> about like whether or not this is a, a legit official world's first raid or not. Like, I just don't yeah. think it's that important, honestly. So I, I would rather see them do something. And then I don't know what these challenges will be, but it sounds like a fun uh, twist that will, you know, require you to learn something new or do something in a different way that you weren't doing in D1. So fundamentally, I, I think it's fine. And I think people are, are maybe overreacting to the fact that there's a world's first. Like I get the argument. I just don't think it's that big a video. Yeah. I, I suggested last week replacing the Templar boss with a shielded uh, wyvern and the, the world was not mad at, was not, was not happy with me. The internet was not happy with me at all. Yeah. So um, uh, E, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the challenge world first uh, for uh, 
I mean, the races are one of those things that the Destiny community truly thrives upon. And it's one of those giant highlights of Twitch and they happen. And this is the nostalgia of all the people who've been around in this game for seven years. So it's cool to see they're going to do something. I honestly didn't expect it because I thought they said there wouldn't be. Um, the challenges, I honestly just wonder what those specific challenge triumphs are going to do. I know we talked about that, like, is this where you got to go through and beat it with an arc fire team and then go back and do it with like those types of things for like a seal? I don't know what those are going to involve. And then they also are going to have the two difficulty or the additional difficulty of like a master raid later on to come later. And I kind of, I don't know when you play grandmasters the way they feel, I don't know if I want that feeling in a raid. Oh, I no. So like that that's, degree, no, that's, that's too far, but I like the, but I wish like the idea that they're going to have contest. I still feel like contest, especially in deep stone crypt was like, was right. Like they nailed deep, the contest mode for deep stone crypt. So yep. if they could find, you know, that power level, the just the perfect, like, incremental power difficulty, not the, like, a goblin looks at you wrong and you die in a Grandmaster. If they could do that for the raids, I think that would be a nice way to give them the option and put something behind contest to give people to go back afterwards. But overall, like, a Grandmaster raid sounds kind of awful, so I don't know how that's going to feel. But at least I see they're, they're going to continue to give life to raids, which is good. Yeah. Um, okay. One question answer, or sorry, one word answer one word. Uh, to the one <laughs> question. Fast, no. One question. All right, uh, Paul. Yeah. Will Venus be returning as a patrol zone? Partially. <laughs> okay. It's some uh, small part of it. <laughs> e. Will it be returning? This is hyphenated. Not fully. <laughs> oh, oh my god! You guys are terrible at this. My answer is yes. Really. I think I it will think be. I think they're going to surprise us. I, I think I think the answer is yes. I'm just going to say it, and then if I'm wrong, then everybody will be like, well, he he was expected to be wrong. It was kind of a, a Hail Mary. And then if I'm right, they'll be like, wow, look at this genius. So I can't really lose with this stance. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's All right, a flawless that's... logic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't okay. go wrong there. All right. Uh, another thing they talked about in this giant update was uh, Transmog, which they are calling Armor Synthesis. Uh, they announced that uh, Ada One or is going to be our guide to Dresdeny success. She's going to be the person that we uh, communicate with, and they announced that yet another currency will be added to Destiny called Synthesis Tokens, and it's a token which we all yeah, love. Oh, I didn't know it had a Destiny. name. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, that's what they called them, Synthesis Tokens. So, um, uh, Paul, you are our uh, our resident Dresdeny expert. Yes. Uh, so I'm just going to let you take this. Ian and I will just shut up for now okay. and just let you talk. <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, obviously I've been excited about Transmog for years now, uh, even more so when they actually announced it. And I think it's good. Like, yeah, I know you get annoyed about new currencies, but at least it's not bright dust. And so <laughs> that's what everyone was kind of worried about. I think uh, this is, at least it sounds like kind of what I was talking about, about having a bunch of like little mini quests to do to, have armor be able to be transmogged and i know people are going to think that's like a pain and stuff like to have a grind for this but like i think destiny needs like small grinds you can do in downtime that are not necessarily just god will farming like okay it's it's the dead month that happens at the end of every season like you know spend a week or two and just focus on two or three sets of armor that you want to do whatever the ada quest is for uh, you know for for master working that and getting that currency and I don't know if there'll be like a weekly limit or how similar it'll be to her kind of black armory quest where it's, you know, kill X bosses in this way or kill things on this planet. I, I think they'll be pretty basic. Um, they might be on the longer side if the alternative is silver, 
but I, I don't really have a problem with a, a extended grind for uh, master working different armor sets. And for me, this is already, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm already excited because I'm, I'm starting to farm like missing things now. Like I'm going back to prophecy and making sure I have all the full Dido sets now because I never, I never got a full set for all three classes and like things like that are, are getting me really excited now to combine all these different looks that I've, I've liked for so long. And I'm allowed to clean up my vault because I, I save certain vault pieces just for fashion contests, which uh, is make, may make me lame, but um, you know, can't, can't argue with results. So uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I, I'm very excited about it. I think this is going to be a good kind of micro grind for the game, provided they don't go too far with it. And it's like, okay, it's six hours for each piece of armor or something. You, if you, unless you want to pay us 10 bucks. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a good balance that they can strike and I hope they strike it, but yeah, you can always adjust it up or down depending on how it goes. The other thing is that uh, they announced that shaders are no longer going to be oh consumables, God, which I know is yes. the whole thing. Yeah. The <laughs> setting. Yeah. yeah. I, and they, I literally they, said that last week to you, Travis. I was like, yeah. What's yeah. My, what was your one fist pump moment? His was that. And mine was like, you can apply shaders and oh they're not God. a consumable. And I, I literally yeah. like, I did the double fist pump in the middle of my stream and I kind of lost it because I can't tell you how lately, I mean, there's been certain seasonal events where you're like, I have too many shaders and they just start popping up everywhere and all the time. So no, yeah. that was that was huge. They also been seven years. there's going to be a way to apply shaders to an entire armor set at once, which is another thing that people have been complaining about. Even I get annoyed by that. I think they said that there's they're working on a way to do that. So. Uh, yet another uh, piece of good news. I do have some light concerns about, you know, how monetized is this going to be? Are they going to make the grind extra long in the tooth to sell stuff? But at the end of the day, it is a cosmetic part of Destiny, right? It's just making your stuff look like other stuff. For people like Paul who like to be uh, always always dressed to the nines, it's going to matter. I prefer, you know, as long as I'm wearing a, a nice suit while I play Destiny, I don't really care what my character looks like, you know? Obviously. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, other items, crossplay coming to season 15. Uh, they confirmed also that uh, PC is going to be separated for Crucible unless you specifically join a group that does it. That's huge. How it should uh, be. Yep, that's how it should be. I think we're all excited for crossplay. Um, they announced that uh, Ikora Ray is going to be front and center for the Witch Queen expansion. A lot of people have. Uh, lamented the fact that she hasn't had a major role in destiny in some time uh another quick uh one one word answer uh ebontis is a core gonna die in the witch queen expansion no okay paul no <laughs> okay i'm a yes on this <laughs> i think no. uh i think i think I uh I think they're getting rid of the old Vanguard. They're, uh, you know, setting up Zavala to get assassinated by Kaido this Zavala's week. not going to get this. Uh, <laughs> you know, Kate is already dead, okay. and they've already they've already got a backup Vanguard waiting in the wings with backup uh, Saint Vanguard. Four Saint fourteen. They've got uh, they've got Osiris, and they've got uh, uh, the Crow. Oh. So they've it's got a, all a three bird, of them. They have a fully bird themed Vanguard. We can have so. fully bird themed Vanguard. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i i in all in all fairness i hope not but I, I, part of me is like oh god she's front and center in this dlc well last time that happened uh we didn't we didn't the character didn't make it past the first mission yes. all right so uh we'll, we'll see where that goes um another thing is uh stasis elemental weapons are going to be introduced in season 15 which i think is the witch queen uh so they announced there's going to be some power weapons with stasis as well as some some other weapons uh which, which is cool so they're 
They're going to be That's announcing fifteen is fifteen before, 15's before Witch oh it's Queen. before Witch Queen. I okay. still think the Witch Queen's giving another subclass, so even though they haven't talked about that, but. That's yeah. my theory. Some green hive thing is a hunch. Yep. So, yep. Poison. Po- poison thorn subclass. Poison hive thing. I think you guys are probably right on that. Um, but yeah, uh, so that that's pretty pretty big. Uh, Ian and I were talking about this right now. It's sort of like a color matching game. So we're kind of hoping with all these different elements, are any of them ever going to mean anything and apply effects? Or is solar actually going to cause burn damage? You know, is electricity going to... The, the arc damage going to actually arc to different enemies when you, you set off a, a detonation or something like that. Like, I feel like there need to be consequences for which element you're choosing. And it's also going to be a little interesting to see, you know, now you can't have one of every element in your equipment. You can't have your subclass plus one of each weapon. So there's going to be inevitably, I assume, shields that you can't break if you're playing in solo. It just adds a lot of, like, complexity and questions to, like, how does... How does destiny work uh, in certain situations? So exciting, but slot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're be using hard light or borealis for everything, and your heavy weapon is the is the other one. That's right. You're that's covered. right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're covered. That that actually is probably a good idea, and it probably will be like the only meta for uh, soloing things if they execute it in the way that I fear they do. Which we'll we'll see how they do it. But Paul, do you have any uh, thoughts about stasis as a uh, elemental weapon type beyond the one power weapon we got? Yeah, I mean, it was a little weird when Beyond Light hit, and it wasn't an elemental type. It, it, it was just a subclass uh, and a mechanic. I I figured it would be, um, and so you know we got Salvation Script, which is a stasis weapon, and it does stasis things it sucks but you know it's at least trying to go in that direction um i i do wonder like what what really is the point outside of just another shield to match or another burn to employ because that is what you know elemental subclasses mean at this point for weapons like there's there is no other real value to them other than shield matching i too would hope that they someday can apply effects but obviously it's that's a slippery slope because, you know, you suddenly have an auto rifle that ticks with burn damage or a suppressing void sidearm and stuff. And like, it's easy to see how that can spiral when destiny has not fundamentally been built around that from the start. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I was on DCP and this, this question was asked about like, could they have like a Genshin impact type in elemental interaction thing where like this element goes, if you have two people shooting this element, it creates this effect that is unique. That's something I could see maybe more of. Um, rather than having each shot you make like do get like a damage take or something. Uh, so I, I do hope they explore that more because if they don't, it really is just going to be another matching game. And I don't really know what benefit that is other than kind of restricting loadouts even more than we already have with, with match game. Yeah, I think this is sort of like a, a PvE only discussion would be my guess because in Crucible it would be insane. But, you know, I could easily see like the more void damage an enemy takes, their screen starts to darken and they they go progressively blind until you're like peering <laughs> through a little hole, right? The more you take arc damage after a while, it like- the AI oh, enemies. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can't well, see. They, have, they, have a, just they, have a, they can't see. They have yeah. a blind effect, but it sort of just makes them yeah, not yeah. do anything right now. It's, yeah, but like I can see, you know, s- stuff like that where- uh, they, they have some interesting ways where the elements could play, but you're right. It's, it's like, like the sandbox- You could have slowing. Yeah, that's right. The sandbox doesn't make any, it's not really designed for this. And so it would have to be a complete rework of it. But to me, it seems something like they have to tackle. Otherwise, like, why are they adding, why are they adding additional elements? It just doesn't really make sense. Well, if we do get up to six, yeah. they'll have yeah. six different match. you know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a real problem. So well, it uh, seems hopefully, like hopefully with, they rework it. 
with Witch Queen, if there is this like poison, death over time, dot, whatever you want to call it, that seems like you'd have two of five that are having some freezing effect and then you've got the three other that aren't. So it's like the more, as you said, the more subclasses you put in, the more it exacerbates the point of like, why are these not doing something? So we'll see. But again, it's so deep in the system. It's like Witch Queen needs to just, would need a huge system revamp. And again, delay it all you want if you can do something like this, but maybe not. Yep. Uh, and, and then just at the very end, you know, they added, they, they kind of, this huge laundry list of massive announcements. They also talked about how gilded titles are now going to have a counter uh, for the number of seasons that you've earned them, which I think is, a, I think we all agree is a great decision. Uh, and then they also showed off some new weird worm looking armor that's going to be included in the Witch Queen. Uh, I guess, you know, we'll just jump to Paul. Paul, yay or nay for Destiny success on this new, uh, this new armor set that they showed. Oh, I, get, I think it has potential. Um, it's, it's pretty creepy looking and I think it uh, sort of echoes the vibe of what we can expect here. It didn't really confirm any of my ongoing theories about where this might be or what's going to happen, but it, it does look cool. So cool. I yeah. Like Agreed. Yeah. I think it looks, it looks pretty cool. So uh uh, look forward to grinding for that and then transmogging it into the armor I already have or whatever <laughs> the system ends up being by then. Um, cool. That's it. So we worked through not only that huge uh, text of announcements from last week, but also the stuff that they covered this week with the uh, trials exploit and the monsters versus dinosaurs debate. Vote dinosaurs, please uh, <laughs> listeners. And uh, you heard it here. You heard it here. If you haven't voted yet. We're all on Team Dinosaur. Uh, and then uh, let, let's uh, end the show by doing our bungee, please. For those of you uh, who don't know about this segment we added, uh, it is a time for each of us to get on our soapbox and uh, beg Bungie directly to listen to one of our uh, asinine complaints about the game. So, uh, Ivantis, you're the guest here. I'll let you go first with your bungee, please. Uh, mine, after just playing a little bit of Outrider, so just stealing something from there, is the ability to fully unlock the artifact so you can mm. use everything in there all the time because paying to reset it doesn't feel great either. And it'd just be nice to have all 25 things, pick and choose what you want to be able to use, and once you get it unlocked for the season, you're good to go. So the fact that you can unlock, you can reset your skill tree in Outriders over and over and over and over just to mess around with the builds. At least just let us have all the artifact mods each season. I feel like that's not too much to ask. Love it. Paul, what's your bungee, please? Yeah, I agree with that one. I've said that forever. Uh, okay, mine is, we'll, we'll go smaller scale. Why, why do we still have weapon telemetries? Why is, that, why is that a thing? Why is there a thing that spawns them? Why is that a, a ghost mod, a ghost 2.0? I have 22,000 weapon parts that I'm already not turning in. Why would I want a less valuable weapon part I get less often? I, I don't understand. Okay, that's that's that is a that is a that is a great bungee please. That is a great bungee yep. please. All right, for my bungee please this week, bungee please. This one comes from uh, somebody I, I met on Xbox, American Warmonger, uh, and he and I agree it is time, Destiny. It is time, Bungie, to add sliders for materials. It's time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why holding A is such an in, in exciting mechanic for you. I don't know why your solution to me selling or dismantling all of my uh, shaders was to let me do it five at a time. I don't understand why every other game has decided that I can move a slider to buy or sell things. But with you, I have to hold A for 20 minutes until I've forgotten why I came to the tower in the first place. Bungie, please. Give me a slider. That's it, guys. Uh, you guys can uh, 
Find me on at TyGuyTravis on Twitter. You can watch Fireteam Shout or read IGN.com for my articles and reviews. Uh, Ibantis, where can people find you? Uh, Ibantis everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, whether it be videos, streams, all that stuff, you guys will find me under Ibantis. If you found the cheetah, you probably found me. Awesome. And Paul? Uh, I don't have a cool nickname. I'm <laughs> at Paul Tassi on Twitter, Paul Tassi on YouTube. Google Paul Tassi for my articles. Awesome. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening to this extra long episode of Fireteam Chat. We'll be back in two weeks with more Destiny goodness. And until next time, Guardians Guardians out. Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.